It's Friday, the 2nd of April, 2021. Welcome to a public holiday special edition of The Mentored Briefing, the business headlines you need to know from the last week. I'm Sean Aylmer. Well, it was a big week for the housing market, an even bigger week for the COVID crisis in Australia, and a huge week for the Prime Minister and the Coalition and its reputation among women. It was quite a week for Wall Street. Some of the biggest companies on the street, notably Viacom CBS, were dumped after a $30 billion fire sale from a fund manager wanting to meet margin calls. It sent shivers down the spine of investors and might cost some of the biggest banks in the world quite a bit of money. Once that was out of the way, though, all the focus was on President Joe Biden's $2 trillion US dollar spending and taxing package. Everyone loves the spending on infrastructure and manufacturing, though companies are less fussed about the proposed tax hikes. The broad-based S&P 500 hit a new record this week and even tech stocks got a lift. It was an unusual week for commodity markets led by oil. The 400-metre container vessel stuck in the Suez Canal was shifted, finally, opening up the seaway. That took some of the pressure off oil prices, but then Saudi Arabia and the OPEC countries indicated they were going to keep production levels relatively low. Gold prices fell below $1,700 an ounce, only to rise again. Coal prices have surged in recent weeks, particularly coking coal, Not that local producers are seeing too many benefits because China has banned Aussie imports and the prices of silver, nickel and copper have all come off recent highs. In international news, it wasn't a great week on the coronavirus front. Parts of Europe, notably Italy, Germany and France, several emerging countries including Brazil, India, Turkey, Pakistan and Bangladesh and the US all reported rising cases. The vaccine rollout in North America is full steam ahead, but not so in many other places. Prime Minister Scott Morrison had a week to forget. Just three months ago, he was riding high. The COVID crisis was abating, the vaccine rollout was coming, and there was even talk of an early election. Today, the government's handling of rape allegations and its response to the debate about women in society has meant it could lose an election if held now. Backbencher Andrew Lemming was forced to quit over allegations that he took lewd photos of a woman. Eventually, the PM reshuffled his cabinet, promoting a number of women, There are now seven females in the 23-person cabinet. By my calculations, that's still less than 30%, and women make up 50% of the population. The Labor Party and its leader, Anthony Albanese, certainly got more media attention this week, and that will continue for a few months yet. Mr Albanese and Labor want to cut taxes on electrical vehicles while ensuring coal workers keep their jobs. He also wants to create a $15 billion program to revive manufacturing. It was a bad week on the COVID front. An outbreak initiated by a nurse at Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane reminded the country of how fickle the coronavirus situation is. So far, the breakout's been contained, but northern New South Wales and Greater Brisbane are on high alert, and the situation is fragile. The Byron Bay Blues Festival was cancelled on fears that its 15,000 crowd could become a super spreader event. Qantas and Virgin cancelled dozens of flights to Queensland right when the federal government's assistance package kicks in, and state borders started to close. Western Australia, South Australia, Northern Territory, Tasmania and Victoria effectively shut the doors to visitors from Brisbane. It was an interesting week for workers. JobKeeper ended last weekend, meaning around 1 million people will stop receiving the payment. Treasury Secretary Stephen Kennedy said up to 150,000 people could lose their jobs. Fortunately, The labour market is pretty strong at the moment, but what happens in the employment market during the next few months will chart the course of the economic recovery this year. In corporate news, uncertainty continued at AMP about the future of Chief Executive Francesco De Ferrari all week 
after media reports said he was resigning. And then, on Thursday, he resigned. To be replaced by ANZ Deputy Chief Executive Alexis George, triggering a jump in the group's share price. Ms George is well credentialed, but what a job she has. Good luck to her. Meanwhile, the 30-day exclusivity period for US fund manager Aries Management and AMP to thrash out a deal for parts of AMP Capital's business has ended without a resolution. The Tabcorp board said it had rejected several unsolicited approaches and proposals for its wagering and media business. The offers, apparently, didn't adequately value the business and the group will now undertake a strategic review. Hmm. I never find those sorts of announcements very encouraging. It always raises the questions about the direction of the company. TPG chair David Teo surprisingly left the group, sending its share price down almost 7%. Mr Teo has spent more than 30 years building TPG and as a result, built himself a billion-dollar fortune. Santos has given the go-ahead for the almost $5 billion development of the Barossa gas field off Australia's north coast. It's the biggest investment in oil and gas since 2012. Media Group 9 Entertainment was a victim of a cyber attack which put its systems down for most of the week. Taylor's Wines had a similar experience and the bank said cybercrime was the biggest issue facing the sector. Insurer IAG said the recent floods along the East Coast would cost it $700 million and Suncorp's bill was an estimated $250 million. Online property group REA made a $244 million bid for broker Mortgage Choice. The board of the broking business recommended shareholders accept the bid. There were some interesting moves in share prices this week. Macquarie Group's share price hit a new record. For years it was known as a millionaire's factory, though more recently it's been a quite achiever. Macquarie shares are up 80% over the past year, and it's the ninth largest company on the exchange. But then, later in the week, the corporate regulator criticised the group for poor risk management practices and said it needed to hold more capital. That doesn't happen very often. Transurban's share price jumped after the Victorian government said it had achieved a breakthrough with a toll road operator and tunnelling in Melbourne's Westgate project could recommence after a potential new site had been selected to move toxic soil. And Telstra's share price is up 12% over the past three weeks. The best of the big stocks. That's certainly pleasing to the 1.3 million shareholders. That's most of the news from last week. Now, in your mentored briefing, we'll pick out the biggest story, the sleeper story, the most remarkable story, and my favourite story. The biggest news story of the week was all about housing. It began last weekend when 3,800 houses went to auction and 84% of them sold. There were particularly high clearance rates in Sydney and Melbourne. All the good news from the property market kept flowing through the week. In March, Sydney house prices jumped by their most in 33 years. Finance figures for owner-occupied homes rose. Building approvals jumped more than 20%, an incredible result. The head of the banking regulator came out and said it wasn't his job to try and regulate house prices. Fair enough. But the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority boss, Wayne Byers, said he was keeping a very close watch on people's ability to repay their home loans. And he wasn't a fan of the idea of people tapping into their super because it could mean higher house prices. As I said during the week, the housing market is hot, hot, hot. The big question is whether it can be sustained. The sleeper story of the week was a one about AGL splitting into two. New AGL will be a zero-carbon provider of energy retailing services, while PrimeCo will house Australia's largest electricity generation business, providing 20% of generation in the national electricity market. It's a sleeper, because while it made the news, it didn't make much noise. But it is a massive deal, 
It's a big Australian company trying to reinvent itself to be cleaner and greener, and in the meantime, hopefully attract investors and financial support. The most remarkable story was just how well the big banks in Telstra have done over the past three months. This week was the end of the quarter, and Westpac and ANZ share prices have risen by more than 25% since December 31. That's remarkable to see such a big shift in two of the biggest companies on the bourse. Telstra had no friends throughout 2020, but it's suddenly in fashion, up 15%. The flip side was the tech stocks. They were dumped during the quarter, with market leader Buy Now, Pay Later Group, Afterpay, and Cloud Accounting Group, Zero down around 15%. My favourite story this week was from the Bureau of Statistics. Figures show that the number of jobs in the economy in all states except Tasmania and Victoria are back above pre-pandemic levels. I love a good news story. Special mention in this category to Volkswagen of America, who issued a media release to say the company was changing its name to Volkswagen, V-O-L-T-S, wagon, to emphasise its commitment to electric vehicles. But it wasn't true, and regulators were not amused. That's your public holiday special edition of the Mentored Briefing for today, Good Friday. Don't miss out on any updates from us here at Mentored by subscribing to our newsletter. Visit mentored.com.au to stay up to date on all the latest. I'm Sean Aylmer. Have a great long weekend.